It's Zevot, guys. Come on. Great stuff. So, yes, this episode is with the legend himself, Xevok. Um Again, it's going to be a two-parter. Uh, Xevok talking to myself, EJ, and Superchani. Um, the split is kind of talking about his play in the early days. And for those who aren't aware, Super admitted that until the clash, he wasn't actually, until the international clash, he wasn't actually familiar with Xavok. He is the original guy on the TM Tour tournament on Snellman who bossed the first several seasons and never dropped out of Division One, uh, and was a prolific winner there until a few years ago where he took a break from Terra, as we talk about in the interview, and then recently, earlier this year, came back around the time of the Fire 2 International Clash tournament that he played in. Um, so yeah, a real legend. Uh, and the conversation is split into two halves. Uh, we're going to talk about those early days. We're going to talk about taking a break and then coming back and playing into the in the international clash, and then um, playing in the fight to open tournament. And his recent, uh, I love the way he just smashed getting to the top of the rankings recently. Xavok, he got to the top of the Elo and he got to the top of the arena season standings, um, just proving what an amazing player he still is um but the the latter part of that will be in the second half of the conversation uh and we've also kind kindly some people submitted questions to ask him from the community so we've got a range of those questions that super asked at the end uh so great enjoy this conversation with a real real legend of terra mystica Hello. Hey, Zivo. Hi. How are you doing? Uh, fine, thanks. How are you guys? Good, man. I'm good. Yeah. I'm good too. All right. Um, first thing, how much time do we have? Uh, I don't have any strict deadlines. I need to get some work done today, but uh, <laughs> yeah. Besides that, cool. besides that, I don't have any strict. All right. So we'll see. Time. I have to leave in two hours, but that's a long time. And if I have to leave, you guys can carry on if we are still talking. Yeah, I'm hoping we are done by then. So, <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, so, there's a couple of things I wanted to mention before we, I mean, move to questions and other stuff. Um, first of all, uh, at least it's um, what I think. Uh, I want you, Zivak, to flex. I mean, uh, if there's anything you want to say that you've discovered or you've done or you did particularly wear, uh, well, at some point, just go ahead and do not worry about you know being humble or anything. We want to hear everything about you here. <laughs> yeah. Um, <well. laughs> yeah. I know you're a humble guy, um, but still. Uh, if you could do that for us, that would be great. Uh, <laughs> the other thing is that uh, we, uh, we've we got a lot of things to talk about, and we've uh, divided these into parts. Um, so uh, we decided that we could talk firstly about the early days of your um, term mystica history. So like Snellman, how did you start and all of that? Um, then move to the uh, transition between and your retirement, um, the uh, you know the period where you weren't playing and you then joined the board game arena, uh, and later about you know current affairs, uh, what's going on around right now, um, if that's right. And yeah. also we've got some uh, questions from other players if we will have time or we could look, record them a bit later. Um, there's quite a lot of them, uh, but we will see about that. Um, yeah, so uh, the first thing that we have to get out of the way, uh, 
how people should pronounce your name because I've heard so many different versions and <sighs> not sure which one is correct. So it's Zivok, it's Zhevok, it's Xevok. The, the last last one is closest to the like like Finnish way of pronouncing it. So that's... what's the what's the Finnish way? Xevok. 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 There we go. All right, so people remember that it's not Zhevok, it's not Zivok, it's Xavok. Yeah, but I don't really mind. Well, obviously, but still. And it's Super Charny, not Super Kazani. Yeah, Super Charny, actually. But, super yeah, Charny. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we know who we are. Um, yeah, um, so Xavok. Um, why don't you tell us about a bit how did you start playing board game board games in general? Um, you're pretty experienced <clears throat> experienced guys uh, guy. Um, so where where and when did you find Terra Mystica and how did it go? Uh, well, Terra Mystica was uh, something that was kind of hyped a lot after uh, it was released in Essen affair and i was kind of uh wanting to play it for a while but i don't remember why i didn't have any chances to actually go and try to play it physically but mm. uh then uh juho created had created this uh great uh, web application for it and uh i actually know Juho in real life uh, we used to play in same uh, uh board game nights uh long time ago and uh that's why we also hang around hanged around in some some like irc channels and uh we played a couple of terra mystica games uh where we chat in IRC and then play games using Juho's system, kind of live games. Uh -huh, uh -huh. And uh, that's how I started playing. And uh, I didn't do so well, like, uh, in my first games. So I found this uh, Terra Mystica AI web app which was like uh, done by load or some somebody and yeah 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 and uh, I played that uh, against that AI maybe like hundreds of times or hundred times and when I was like winning every time by a margin of like 50 points then I felt that I'm I'm like good enough now I can actually play and then I started playing like uh, on Juho's uh, site more regularly. Kind of, I joined some random games, created some own games, and then uh, we also had a couple of like uh, games with some other people. Like they always started a new game when the old game ended, so we kind of kept playing there mm, before the TM tour started. This is. Yes, yes. And I, I had played like maybe the physical copy like once or twice before I started playing online and I mostly played online. So we could say that it was uh, Yuho who introduced you to Remistica. Well, I, I, had, I think I had played the physical copy like once or twice, but uh, I played almost all of my games on his site. It's like a... It's like the book of Genesis. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, to be honest, uh, I've, neither me and I think nor EJ, we uh, didn't know who you really were until you joined Board Game Arena. And it was like, because we weren't familiar, familiar with the history. Is that right, EJ? Well, I, I, because I had played in, I'd been playing in TM Tour for a while. So I had sort of looked at the marathon table and the, like the early divisions and seen that there was this Zavok guy, right. Zavok guy who seemed to win 
a ridiculous amount and was top of the marathon table. So that that's why I knew the name. Right. So it's mostly me. So um, when <laughs> uh, yeah, when everybody was freaking out on the board game arena, it was like, yo, yo, Xevox coming to board game arena, and I was like, all right, that's cool. Well, who is this guy again? And um, I'm not really fam. I wasn't at least um, really familiar with the early days of Snellman and you know how the strategy and meta evolved. Um, so could you? Tell us a bit more about TM Tour and because he won the first season, right? Is that right? Uh, I don't remember, uh, but I won a lot during the early, like uh, I played maybe twenty-one seasons or something, and I won a lot like early on, but then a bit less later on. We can uh, we can check. So Zavok won season one. Season two came in second. Terrible. He won season three. He won season four. He won season five. He won season seven. He won season nine. He won season 10. <laughs> he won season 13, 14. Uh, and 14 was the last. And yeah, you played 21 in total and never got relegated out of the first division, which is like remarkably consistent. All right. So I've heard that you were the guy that um develop the let's say proper way to play Terra Mystica. At least you were one of the uh, one of the people that figured out how to actually uh, play it. And the things that we right now take for granted, um they weren't as obvious uh, in the past and you had to figure them out. Uh, for example, I've heard that the MAND setup, so uh that's mermaids, engineers, nomads and darklings Thing that used to uh, appear very often uh, became a thing mostly due to you playing a lot of nomads and you know everyone just adapted it so uh, do you remember or uh, do you know which strategies and what setups and what meta um, you know you cr you actually created you figured out that we play right now uh i i'm not sure if i created any meta but uh, there were a lot of things that were not like uh, meta or popular uh, back then so for instance like nowadays i think even casual players uh, mostly choose earth 2 as their first favor for engineers but back then mm. it was not uh, so that uh, Earth 2 was like uh, automatic pick. I, I think people were more greedy towards taking the Earth 1 favor and not caring about the econ. But for engineers, I think nowadays it's more popular to take Earth 2 actually. Uh, and then there used to be some lots of other things which were different, like black usually started. Uh, it was common for them to start double east. Yeah. And uh, many things like this were different. So uh, it's hard to say. Uh, like, if I actually invented anything, I just. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just tried to play as well as uh, I could. Maybe the one thing that I often did, what the others didn't do so much, uh, was that I didn't like rush for Earth One so quickly. So if if I uh, I sometimes take the stronghold opening or uh, take the double dig uh, before prioritizing Earth One and these kind of things that kind of seem obvious now that double dig is usually better than like trying to rush Earth-1, but uh, some people were back then were just rushing Earth-1. Yeah, I'm just looking at, I'm just like flicking through a few of these games. There's a lot of Nomads wins in these early TM Tour seasons. I can see a lot of Nomads picks and wins. And yeah, some with uh, non-Earth-1 non games. Uh, and yeah, Season six, you went nomads, nomads, halflings, nomads, <laughs> and one with halflings, which is cool. 
Uh, yeah, but but, but I, I think back then, like things were a bit different. I think halflings were actually considered to be the stronger brown faction, and oh, and cultists were kind of people were, were I think they were kind of scared of like uh, whether the leech gets accepted or not. I don't remember during the very very early days. Was did you even get the power if somebody declines? Maybe. Ah uh, yes. When Terra Mystica came out, you just either get the cult step or nothing and uh, then it was later changed that you get the power if they decline yeah you didn't pick cultists until season five before then you yeah you had two halflings games but yeah no cultists which now obviously cultists are the most one of the most yeah the most picked yeah back games. then like people didn't uh, uh, i i think the like average skill of players was not as good as now so it, it, the feat I pulled up off back then uh, would be much harder to do now. Mm. Yeah, everyone was kind of learning and developing. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Speaking of the, uh, who were your biggest rivals from those early days? Uh, I think, like, like I think that in the marathon table there is definitely this German guy Eunk, who. Yeah. I think he has been very consistent and he has played almost all the way through, I think. So, yeah, he yeah he only stopped recently, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so he was... And, and of course, like in Division 1, there was like uh, so many good players. Even back then, I think there were like very, very strong players up there. So uh, I think Juho used to play... Uh, for a long time in Division One as well, and he was actually the guy who was like fan of witches. So uh, uh, even if the like meta back then was this mend thing, uh, but Juho was the one who almost single-handedly like changed that sometimes because he would pick witches into engineers and this kind of funny stuff. Uh huh. Uh -huh. And then people get scared of picking engineers because you, if Ufo is in the game and this kind of <laughs> things. I'm just looking. There's a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of um, uh, like seasons where it's you in first and then Yuho in second behind you. So, yeah, <laughs> you were just pipping him a lot of the time. <laughs> but, yeah, he was in Division 1 for a long time as well. Yeah, and there were back then like Mikael, JT, and Toine, uh, uh, and a couple of like good players that were really, I don't know if they play anymore, but they were very good back then. So are you, are you still in touch with Yuho? Because you both played on Weber's all-player thing the other day. So was that cool to play with him? That might have been a coincidence, actually. Uh, that he just mm -hmm. happened to contact us both for the same thing. But, uh, well, IRC is not a thing anymore, so I'm not in regular contact with him anymore. But, but uh, it, it, like, if we, maybe we meet sometime, I don't know, like, <laughs> but I'm not regularly talking to him currently. He lives in Switzerland, so... Oh yeah, sure. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Yeah. So like how how did you manage to keep up that really awesome run? Was it was it hard or were you just sort of playing your games and you were winning or were you aware that you really wanted to keep in that division 1 and not drop out? How how difficult was it to keep going? Well, it is. It was quite stressful, I think, uh, because uh, I don't know if I uh, I spent maybe way too much time, like not during like my own turns. When it was my turn, I I was like trying to make my moves as fast as possible, so others don't need to wait. So there were like handful of times when I really needed to take my time and make a careful decision, but just. A handful, but mostly I just tried to do my turn right away. But then during the when I was waiting for others to move, 
then I spent way too much time using the planner tool of Snellman site and planning like all kinds of like on round two or round three, I might plan all the way to the end of the game, how this would go if this, and th th that is like, that was way too time consuming and like, <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. And, and even, even like when I was not on the computer, like I would still kind of keep the games in my head and think about the games. What if I would do these kind of moves or so, uh, the, why I stopped playing was actually because it was causing so much like this kind of stress that I couldn't keep the game out of my head. So mm, wow, okay. And the only only way to do that was really to like stop playing. So 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 I enjo I enjoyed playing, but it was so stressful that I decided that it's better to not play for a while. Yeah, it's called suffer from success. You you were too good for that, for your own good. Yes, yes. Yeah, I think there's certainly a balance, especially with async games, and and some people enjoy having them in the background, but it can be stressful. And I think you've got to be careful with like how many you play, and uh, that's yeah. I like it when the TM tour seasons finish halfway through because then you have a month break and then you can sort of do it again and i think that works well but if you're thinking about it all the time yeah and and like tm tour also like uh, during the early days people were very much faster so in division one like usually the games were over in one or two weeks so it was not nearly as stressful because you would have this one or two intense weeks and then the games are over and then uh you have a break so that was mm. good. But then later on, people like slow down because they want to think more or whatever. I don't know. And then uh, the games would last at least a month and sometimes close to two months. And some games, no, I don't think any of my games timed out, but there were a couple of games that timed out. And that is kind of, because then you don't have the break. You, you you keep the games in your head for two months, and then a new season begins. And that's mm. uh, that was not great for me. I, I usually try to make my moves very fast. So if you look at the timers used in those games, I'm usually the fastest player. And yeah, so you so you sort of, yeah you decided to stop. I'm just looking. It looks like it was about three. So you played 21 seasons. So that's sort of three and a bit years. And then about sort of three years ago, at the end of season 21, you decided to stop and you just, you, ha you haven't had the inclination to rejoin TM Tour and give it another go. Are you quite happy not having that now in, in, <laughs> in the background? Uh, well, I, I would kind of like to try, but I'm afraid it would be stressful again. So... That is my fear. That that's why I haven't like joined back. Let's see if I if I figure out some way to manage that situation. Yeah, and we talked to uh, Lumin. You know, Lumin about the um, the playing in in Division One, and he agreed that they they take they take the full amount of time in Division One. And so, if you are playing Division One, it is a big commitment. So. Um... Yeah, tricky. You should um, you should make an, <clears throat> a new account and just join at the bottom. <laughs> yeah, that, 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 I think that would actually be fun. Like, <laughs> but I, I'm not too. Yeah, I'm not too much into alt accounts. So, but yeah, uh, for, yeah. For, for managing stress, that might be one way to do it. Let's drop down a bit. Oh, it's really cool. Yeah, like everyone should check your your record because it's this amazing record from the early days. And yeah, hearing that you really did, um, yeah, it was like big planning going into those games is quite amazing that yeah, you were spending that much on it. Yeah, just just call yourself Zivok Two, Xevok Two, or Xevok Junior, or whatever. Nobody will figure out who that is. <laughs> yeah that's a good plan sorry I was just going to say did you feel like you had an intrinsic understanding of the game before anyone else 
Cyborg. Like uh, I I don't know about anyone else. I, I I think I actually like picked up some of the things that I did in my games from some other players. So mm-hmm. uh, like there is another Finnish board gamer Riku who is really good in all board games and usually dominates all tournaments. He joins and. We played on Juho's side with him and Juho, and he was kind of winning those games as well. So, and I kind of started off by doing what he did in those, and then just like uh, added my own uh, twist to the, that way of playing, and it kind of works. Yeah, so you are somewhat building on other people's stuff as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I was not inventing like stuff on my own. But maybe there are a couple of things which I kind of would like to say that I, w- I have invented, but not many. I, I guess we'll talk about it uh, in a bit, but watching you play on BGA now and seeing you talk about some of your plays, I do get the impression, though, that you do have this... I don't know, you just you think about things in a bit of a different way. And you have this sort of intrinsic understanding of what is good and bad in a scenario, not from like the way I kind of know that stuff is from learning it and not from my own inherent ability. I'm not explaining this very well, but you do seem to have this sort of this ability to know what's good, even if it's a bit wacky compared to what normally gets played. I I, I think it's fun to... Uh play the game if you if you manage to pull off some kind of crazy uh line and make it work and mm. th- that's why i try to keep looking for that kind of lines and sometimes i make my gel- myself a fool because it doesn't work but uh in in the cases when it does work it, it feels good and like yeah, you, you kind of feel like you invented something new and it worked, and th- that's a cool feeling. And that's uh, like why I try to uh, do these kind of funny things sometimes. Do you have any particular times or games uh, in mind? Because um, the last time when we when we spoke to Nerdcube, uh, we mentioned his game on Board Game Arena where um, he played No Town Engineers. And he actually won that game, uh, which sounds ridiculous. Uh, you know, uh, do you have anything you know particularly uh, good there, like cult fakirs game or something? Uh, uh, it's hard to say now. Like uh, out of the recent games I played, like uh-huh. they, they, there was maybe two games that uh, were kind of interesting enough to mention uh, one of them was this uh, dwarf game where i opened with sanctuary oh yeah the dwarf game oh and my god that, that 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 was kind of cool game uh, in board game arena and another was uh, on fjord's map so uh, it which is uh, a halfling game uh, ah. <laughs> <where> I... <laughs> And halflings are like considered to be bad faction there. I did earth two, water two halflings and won by a big margin. So that was a cool game as well. <laughs> well, um, we'll get them and we'll link them. That dwarf one was, ah, oh, just watching that was glorious. But I, I think the halfling game is like similar. Like it was really cool to do earth two, water two, I believe it was. Yeah, that's definitely cool. Yeah. <laughs> We should also mention the witches game on Fjord's map with fire and ice scoring, where you uh, scored 197 victory points. And I had a pleasure to um, lose this one against you. Ah, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. But I, I think that ca- that game was just uh, a kind of normal way of playing, but it just scored very well. That setup was it worked out like perfectly, but. I, I think in that game there was no like innovations being made. But mm. they had that instinct, you know, that forced you to pass. Just I, I think there were there were a couple of times where you just made one one uh, one move, like you stronghold, and then you pass for the pass tile, you know, in the coins action or something like that. I think it was even twice or or something. 
and you scored like thousands of points with uh, bonus tiles there. Yeah. So yeah. that also requires you know some um, deeper understanding and thinking outside of the box. You know uh, that you certainly have. Yeah, uh, I, I think like in in the old Snellman days, uh, because there used to be this kind of faction. Uh, like high score table. So one of the goals was actually to try to reach that table so that you would play games and you would play for a win, of course. But besides playing for the win, you also tried to like uh, get as many points as possible in order to reach the faction high score table. And uh, so we, at least I tried to like uh, that was maybe more important for me than winning games was trying to uh, get entries on that table. And as a side effect, you also win if you score well, but you try to like maximize the score. Just looking, you've got a 202 points engineers game seven years ago. That's and on that, the list. And I think that game, was it like, I think it might have been before the new town tiles. It was, was it that old? Uh no, there's a you took a you took a ship extend town tile. Okay, and you okay, took so the but, two key town. Okay, okay, yeah. But I played a very similar five-player engineer game that is no longer on the list. That was like one eighty-eight or something. Okay, <laughs> and and that was without the town new town, so that was pretty cool. But it was a five-player game. Uh, should should we move on to the sort of yeah, like we're starting to talk about. The return. Should we move on to that super? Yeah, I think we can. We'll probably get back to um, some of the aspects of early uh, days anyway. So um, you had that, uh, you retired for a bit. It was like two years or something, right? Um, what made you come back to play Terra Mystica again? Uh, well, I hadn't played the uh, game for a while and I was kind of, kind of itching to play it, but I was uh, not willing to take the stress of TM Tour anymore. So I was kind of like just waiting around and seeing what to do. And then there was COVID as well. So I couldn't play it like live game of Terra Mystica either. So then Claybot just randomly messaged me in Board Game Arena uh, about coming back. And I was, I, I had already kind of been thinking about it, uh, about <laughs> playing Terra Mystica or playing more board games online. So that was kind of nice timing for the message because then that was kind of the trigger to actually do something about it. Sure. So, and did he just say like, hi, why don't, why don't you come play again? Was it any particular? Uh, I don't remember what exactly he said, but uh, it was something that like it would be cool if we would play in board game arena we have this nice community and these kind of things shout out to our man claybo thanks man yeah bringing back the og legend so and sorry to be clear Savok, were you playing at all in the time between stopping tm tour uh were you playing on snellman at all or were you playing in real life uh, i think i can't remember what you said i think i might uh, maybe not at all. Uh, at least, m maybe once in real life or so. Like really, really mm. not at all. You were just wandering in the nomads' desert. Yeah, yeah. Playing other games, not not thinking about Terra, but yeah. it was niggling at the back of your mind. <laughs> so, um, okay, so you haven't been playing. So, did you? You know, is it like? The, the English expression is it's like riding a bike. You can do it as soon as you come back. Or did you did it feel weird, play, like starting to play again at all? Uh, well, the interface in BGA is definitely different. I, I kind of still, pre I still prefer that Snailman interface because it loads so fast. It's so light. I, I prefer light interfaces. But uh, now that like I have grown used to the BGA, it's kind of okay. And uh, like besides the interface, uh, I think it felt kind of familiar 
But then there were a couple of new things like the landscapes. Uh, I had never had played with those. Mm, mm. But the main, yeah, there was a memorable moment in one of the uh, the international clash games when you had to do some some burning, some power, or some conversions or something, and it it tripped you up a bit. And I found it, I found it quite funny that we had this guy who's like the the master of terror from the original days and then like some conversions were tripping you up but that that interface is a bit weird when you try and do it for the first time right <laughs> yeah yeah i back then i didn't realize that if you convert something and you want to cancel the conversion you can actually go back to the conversion menu and yeah, and yeah. but back then i didn't realize that i thought that the conversion is done and i need to undo my turn and then i didn't know how to undo my turn and then this was the issue um and yeah, yeah so you said you like the sort of the minimal interface is is playing so obviously there's kind of and when you were in the fire to open tournament that you've got a bit of a there's a bit of a thing that people can say where it's like oh you know he's a he's a turn-based player he's not a live player is it weird at all playing with the time the sort of three-minute time limit of a fast game on Board Game Arena. You've you've played live, right, and you play other board games, so it's not like you only play turn-based games. Are you pretty comfortable with that faster yeah, well, pace of play? M- mostly, yes. Uh, I, I used to actually, like, when I started uh, playing online board games, I used to actually play live games online. Like, uh, I don't know if you guys remember, but, uh, like, over to, to, or maybe 20 years ago, there was this site called Brettspielwelt, which was like really horrible UI, but the games were kind of well implemented and you could play there and you could play really quickly. Yeah, um, 20 years ago, I was like six or seven. So yeah, I remember, <laughs> I remember exactly what you're talking yeah. about here. Yeah, yeah, but, but I used to play there and I used to play live games uh, online. But when I got family and I got kids, then uh, it beca- became more difficult because it's more unpredictable when I need to stop. So I cannot really commit to playing two hours for a game. So uh, that's when I switched to async games. And now I've been, I- I'm playing some async games now, but live games are nice in the sense that they, when they are over, you are kind of done and you, you don't need to constantly think about them. So, um, do you remember your very first turn Mystica game uh, on Board Game Arena? Because I do. Yeah, well, I, <laughs> I do remember that I was playing Nomads, and I yes. think I took Air 2 in that game. Um, yeah. And, and, and I made a mistake with the uh, UI and yes, yes. the hex instead of using my spade and these kind of things. But still, um, still you won that game. And um, you played against Lumen, Claybo, and Bizzle. Uh, and everybody was, uh, you know, just around. C- come on in, Zivok, Xevox playing his first <laughs> game there. And everybody was like, oh my god, he's playing Nomads Air 2. And w- what is he, this guy doing? Does he remember anything, you know? Uh, or whatever. And then he hard dug um, a hex that he didn't want to. And yeah, I was, I was, I was actually sitting in the voice chat with, with the guys playing uh playing you at the time and in the end you know when the final scores were coming uh you scored 140 victory points that secured your first place um and you earned 115 elo there although you took 53 minutes thinking that so (laughs) yeah yeah i i was actually playing on uh at ipad (laughs) <laughs> and at least on that iPad, uh, the UI works, worked on such a way that you didn't see everything at once. <laughs> and, and you had to click everything twice in order for the click to happen. So I was like clicking on things and then it didn't happen. And I was kind of struggling all the time. <laughs> <laughs> that was so good. So that uh, I think it took that long because uh, not that I was thinking that much, but because I was struggling with my <laughs> my with the, the UI and the iPad so much. 
but still, yeah, crushed a win. What were what were the guys saying? Super? Were they just really excited to be playing Zavok? Uh, yeah, Clybo certainly was excited. Um, and yeah, we were we were talking. I think the guys were talking um, about if Zavok remembers how to play and if the OI will cause any troubles uh, and and if everything like that. And some people in the uh, in the chat were like, yeah. What is he actually doing? And after that, how are they? All right, he just he just lost there, and yeah, that, that was actually pretty amazing. And he won by six points. Lumen came in second there. Yeah, yeah, I, I think the Hardik uh, it looked pretty bad at that point, but I think I ended up using the extra spade anyway for something, so it was not like totally wasted, although it was not great. Sure. I, I think I could have done the like uh, digging more efficiently later, maybe. Sure. Um, so when you came uh, started playing on Bird Game Arena, I just checked you had your account actually for years. Um, you played before, but I think that was your very first Terramistic game. Um, uh, yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So uh, coming back to Bird Game Arena, uh, Terramistica and community in general. Um, I'm, I I wonder, uh, there are a couple of things. First, uh, what did you think about all of this? You know, was it was it a surprise to you that there are so many people playing or you just, you were hanging around and you were aware of the thing on Board Game Arena? Um, how did it look like? Uh, I, I didn't follow closely what is happening. Like, uh, I was barely even, like, looking at the TM Tour stuff. So I didn't know who had won the recent TM Tour uh, seasons. So I was not following the scene at all at that point. So sure. I, I kind of knew that uh, people were still playing because TM Tour still had players. And uh, but besides that, so you didn't know about like the fire to open, or you weren't on the forums or anything like that. Well, uh, in BGG forums. Uh, Back in the days, I used to chat about Terra Mystica quite a bit, but recently I haven't uh, posted much and I haven't read much either. So mm-hmm. I, I was not like following the scene. But for instance, the Fire 2 tournaments, when I, when I came back, uh, I watched the old uh videos from youtube from some of them and that was kind of cool looking thing yeah it's yeah. good isn't it huh <laughs> <laughs> yeah so uh i wonder because as i said i'm not that that familiar with the history of Terra mystica uh where when you came back uh and you started playing again were there any guys that you knew from the old times uh any, any, you know, old friends that you encountered later? I guess a lot of the people playing now are on BGA are different to the old, yeah, the old. Yeah, there, there is, yeah, uh, not, not so many familiar faces. I, I did play this one open table game with Juho now, like, uh, last weekend. But besides that, uh, not so many of these old players are playing here. Did you play with Starman back in? Was he no, I, playing in the early? I don't think I have played a game with him. Mm, mm, okay. Um, yeah, it's funny, and there's still a little bit of a. Some of the people who still play on TM Tour are different. There's still that sort of slight division in the players. So around that time, so yeah, you played against Bizzle, and I know Bizzle was very excited to have you back on the scene and he was he was also very keen for us to talk to you and have this interview because he he liked having you in fire to open um around that time it was the international clash so was it linked to the international clash that you decided to come back or not it was just it was just coincidence that it was around that time Uh, i think it might have been a coincidence uh, I don't know if uh, international class was something that triggered Claybo to message me. Uh, mm, mm, mm. Uh, so might have been a coincidence, but might have not been. I don't. I don't know. 
but one, one thing that was probably a coincidence was that Titi uh, Chong messaged me because of uh, international clash because he was thinking about taking part in that and he did uh, so that was one coincidence that I just happened to come back at the same time and sure. he happened to message me because of international clash and did you did you see that international clash thing and think like yes or did you think you'd be did you think you'd be strong enough to play in it or what what were you thinking when you first saw uh, it uh i was rusty for sure so uh, i think i wouldn't be the best candidate to play or be, uh, because probably from europe you have uh, many players at least in current shape are better so uh, i just applied for uh kind of fun but didn't expect to be selected or didn't expect to be the best player i mean i think one i don't know we didn't see the exact numbers for voting but uh i'm sure that once your name was in there it was pretty nailed on that you people were going to vote for you for team you <laughs> i'm just looking at i like your uh you're very understated on the voting page your understated sort of pitch it's just there's no photo uh just a like a blank meeple for your photo bga elo na best arena finish na because that part at that point you didn't have any bga elo or anything and then under the why i'm qualified you just say I used to play a lot of competitive TM years ago. Like, so understated. <laughs> Not like, I won every season of the original tournament. <laughs> Just, I used to play a lot. And, uh, yeah. I guess for people who didn't know, they would see that and just be like, well, who's this random Finnish guy who says they used yeah, to that, play a lot? <laughs> that's, that's, that's exactly what I thought, you know. And yeah, that, well, that that's uh, how Finnish guys are great at marketing, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Understated. Uh, I'm I'm a I like Formula One, so Kimi Raikkonen is and Mika Hakkinen are my go-to sort of Finnish. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that's a typical, typical Finnish way of doing things, <laughs> like do, doing things well, but not not like uh, talking about it. So uh, let's talk a bit about the international clash itself. Um, what did you think about it? What do you think about the communication with the team, Team Europe? How did you like the games? Anything? I think I was having fun. Uh, it was fun tournament. I, I think uh, personally, I was not able to concentrate on playing when I was talking. So that was kind of bummer for me. But I think it was fun. And for me, it was much easier to concentrate on the game when I was spectating than when I was like playing and trying to listen to everybody. So we, if there is any ever such tournament again, need to somehow uh, figure out how to make the communication optimal for everybody. Because currently I kind of, when I was piloting, uh, I was not capable of uh, doing any sort of complex thinking what, what we should do here i was mostly just executing and listening to others and and it, do you think that's because of you or because of because of not being familiar with the interface or is that just something that you uh, find difficult I, I at least back then i found it difficult maybe it's something that you have to play a couple of times to get used to it or or then maybe it's just difficult for me I, I, I guess it's similar for some people who are streaming games. Some people mm. are very good at uh, like explaining what they are going to do and thinking process and all this while they play. And they don't play worse because they are doing that. But if I had to do streaming and I would have to follow the chat and I would have to talk all the time and do multiple things at the same time, probably I wouldn't play as well as otherwise. Yeah, although I remember um, vividly that there was something like 
uh, in the Teams Europe at least, um, players who were aware that, well, everybody knew who you were and that you were an amazing player and that you might have some trouble, um, if I, uh, you know, with user interface and such. And I think there was uh, there was this idea of, um, well, let's, for the lack of a better word, letting Zivok of the lead, you know, and just let him do his own stuff while others were there to support you. Uh, because you piloted actually two games, right? The first one and in the finals, if I remember correctly. Yeah, 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 I did. Uh, but... So, yeah, yeah. It, it was more like, you know, just let Zivok do his own stuff on base map. Uh, no, it was actually Fire Knights the first time. Uh, but yeah, everyone was just around, you know, trying to um, help you. Do you, what do you think should be? Uh, because it was the very first season of the international clash, and it was a new thing for everybody, including the you know the organizers and Bizzle himself. Uh, what do you think could could uh, can be done to improve this, uh, both in terms of uh, you know the organization itself, um, the this whole tournament, and also uh, for the communication uh, for the team. Uh, well, we we didn't have much trouble with uh, like language, but in theory, if you have this kind of region Asia or region Europe, like you have so many languages in such uh, region that it or, or even Canada, if somebody is French, uh, you might have people who are like good at speaking their own language, but then they don't have a strong common language. So if if you're gonna do that tournament again, maybe some kind of uh, way of ensuring that there is a strong common language for all of the players that get voted in, especially if there is a voting process, because then it might be that uh, some player who is not capable, some team ends up with players who are not, who don't have a common language. Could do Team Finland, you and Juho. Couple more people. Yeah, I, I think there are lots of strong players in Finland, but I don't know if they are willing to play in this kind of tournament. I think there was on board game arena there was Mertz. Uh I think he was from Finland. No, he he's Swedish. He's Swedish. Alright, so my bad. <laughs> Apologies, Mertz, for listening <laughs> to this. And how were you, were you happy with Team Europe's performance in the end? It was wait, wait, where did they come in the final? Europe was it third in the final? We we were third, but we kind of uh, messed up. Uh, we, in the end, we gave up the second place because of our own messing up. But you won the group stage. Yeah, yeah. I, I think otherwise, I was happy with the performance. In general, I, I was happy with the performance. I, I think even in the final game, uh, we kind of did many good things. But uh, those small uh, like execution mistakes uh, in that game, we, we did one mistake. We, we kind of didn't realize that the game state is such that we don't need to care about uh, others or other scores. We were kind of, we had this plan that uh, two of our players would like kind of mute themselves and they would uh, calculate points of other people and uh, they, 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 then like uh, based on that information we could make better calls on who to block on the final round. But in that specific game, uh, we actually didn't realize early enough that the information was not valuable at all because we couldn't block anybody and we couldn't like steal anybody cults. So there was no mm -hmm. interaction remaining to do. So we didn't really need to know the other scores at all. So we kind of wasted uh, resources on, on doing things that were not helpful at all and then uh, ended up doing poor moves during the uh, two last rounds because uh, we were under time pressure and we were uh, kind of we didn't have good plan 
So I, I think we gave up the second place in that game and it would have been closer, but Nomads would have still won. I think Nomads in that game played a like, great game. They had really great opening and they deserved the win. And after the opening, I'm not sure if we could have uh, won the game anymore, but we could have placed uh, come second if we played the end better. Opening was it was just amazing. I love that. Ah, uh, that yeah, that Nomads open. Yeah, so good. I love. No- I I really like Nomads. I've been playing a lot of Nomads recently, not just. But I think since that clash, I've been trying to play them more and, yeah, like shipping nomads and stuff. So good. So good. Yeah, and during, uh, the, during the finals, I remember uh, that you, you were discussing during the auction, like, you know, who to, uh, who, which faction to bid on. And it was actually you who said that you don't like nomads there. And I almost fell off my chair. And I was... <laughs> And later, later, uh, Team Canada said that they were actually surprised that nobody really think that nomads were good there. Um, so that was, um, to me, that, that was quite interesting that you, as a, a we, we can call you a nomad specialist um, in some way, you didn't uh, think that nomads were that good there. Yeah, I, I think Canada did a really creative and uh, great opening with nomads. I, I didn't like see what what they were gonna yeah. do they, mm. they did send two priests one of them expensive priest i think on round one to yes. cult uh, that that was amazing and it turned out perfectly for them and like it was just good play so so, so some, sometimes in auction you make this uh, kind of mis-evaluation you don't evaluate things well and uh it, it is a team tournament, so we should evaluate those together, of course. So if somebody disagrees with the statement that nomads are bad here, they should say it, because then we can beat on nomads, because it's not just one player making the move, we are making them together. That's right. Mm. But, yeah. Well, um, we, we've talked about this, Super and I, a fair bit. But we had so much fun listening to you guys play and and being involved. It was great, and some of the <clears throat> some of the games. It was just so fun, especially that Darklings game. Listening to you guys having having fun, and some of the things you said, Zavok, were <laughs> were really funny. I can't think of anything specific. Just like, oh yeah, when people were like, "Is Nomad's good?" and you were just like, "There is Bond Six. And that's just all you need for nomads to play to get the big buildings tile in the game. Ah, uh, it was so fun. We've talked about it uh, numerous times, um, and there, there, I remember also that there was this um, idea where you, uh, uh, the teams Europe weren't exactly sure what to do, and Bishagoa came up with the idea: How about we build temple for water too? Uh, and there, there was a moment of silence. <laughs> Like a few seconds of silence, and and, and, and comes up. Yes, get water too, and win all the cults. Yeah, that's all great. That's great. <laughs> it was so on fire. You were so ex- you were so excited. I remember that specifically. Yeah, yeah. It's example of this kind of creative lines that uh, kind of uh, you kind of might just miss because you don't even think about it because it's it's kind of so off meta. But yeah. when when you take a closer look. You realize it's actually a great line, and uh, I, I guess it's same in chess. Like sometimes some chess engines don't like uh, see some insanely good move, and what when you do it, then it's obvious for the engines as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I think I remember at one point Gino described. He said Walter Two is ultra strong here. <laughs> In his and in his accent, it's very it's... yeah. We were having lots of fun with that game, but of course, it's uh, easier to have fun when you are having a good game, and and it, yeah. when you are doing badly, then it's like uh, in a team format, and you you are struggling, and it's a team format. Then that's also like something, uh, yeah. Yeah, I f- I found that interesting when we talked to the Team Canada guys as well. They said they were 
after that game where <laughs> where Team Europe hammered hammered their hexes as Darklings, like they felt they felt down and they weren't and uh, there were times where they were sort of questioning whether they were doing well in the tournament at all. Like it's a team game and yeah, just like any team sport that you watch or whatever, the sort of team morale and and the sort of team organization is really important for how you guys work together and i I, yeah i guess super you were trying to act as a bit of a kind of a bit more of a manager right maybe rather than like a just a reporter because you were sort of helping to organize stuff Um, yeah i i I think we did the right thing to uh like block team canada in that game i think it was correct move in general, I think we that that was our best game as a team. This Darkling game in in that tournament, mm. and and it is actually like one of these things. Like we played West Darklings, and thinking of the old meta when Darklings were like two two dwellings in the east. Now in that game, it was two dwellings in the west, <laughs> and and that was something that uh, changed. Uh, during the TM tour days. So I, I think the early days it was always in the east. But later on they would start uh in the west, maybe even both dwellings in the west. So that was already something that started happening during those times. Mm, yeah, so it's cool that you yeah, especially you and TT Chong came and played the double west. Oh wait, he wasn't playing that one, but yeah. Team Europe. Uh just as an aside, it I've sort of I can Notice that you seem to have like a very good memory for specific moves and specific games. You seem to be able to recall things in a lot of detail quite impressively. Yeah, I know that the same thing actually. Yeah, well, well uh, you also for, forget a lot of things. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. remember the good games. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that that <laughs> yeah, when you have had like uh, this great moment, like if you uh, win a gold medal in Olympics or whatever, then of course you remember that moment. So may- maybe it's something like you you get so good feeling from a successful game that you remember that game, or I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair. Speaking of the double west, double east, Darklings. Um, you had the break from Terra Mystica. Uh, now that you're playing, does anything um, has anything occurred to you as particularly new that you were surprised that people started playing this way that you weren't aware of the you know of the change? So you, you just like you know you joined the uh, Terra Mystica after a couple of years and you see that people are playing. Um, I don't know what it is. Um, has anything you know like that happened to you? Well, uh, I guess it depends, uh, uh, like whether the like general way of playing has changed or or some totally new things. Like for instance, this like small uh, seven structure swarmling thing, and maybe starting from the east uh, is something that sometimes happened back back then, but it was definitely not the meta. Like it was uh, so, but I think nowadays it's. Uh, the standard way of playing Swarmling is the seven structure way of playing them. Uh, so maybe the standard way of playing them uh, has changed, but and I think it, it's viable way of playing them, the seven structure thing. I, I still, uh, on average, prefer like network Swarmling, so try to compete network if you can. Simply because seven structures swarm, swarmlings need to be so like good at passing, and if they miss out pass tiles, then uh, you might not be able to accumulate enough points, and you don't have as much control to the game. But uh, I, I think they are viable and strong, but uh, not the only option. Yeah, that that was certainly interesting. Sort of seeing you comment on it, especially yeah, soon after. Zoras had started spreading the word of Logos and the fish-faced god, and then seeing your sort of yeah opinion on low footprint swarmlings after coming back it was interesting to see. Actually, actually, funnily enough, like uh, 
maybe my first or second game, or very like my first cultist game maybe in Terra Snellman site. Uh, I think I played seven structures cultists. <laughs> so so I, I, I did play that strategy, but not using swarmlings. Did you win that game? I, I think I didn't win. It might have, might have been a game against Riku, and I didn't win against Riku. Mm. My, uh, when I was, I was talking to, to my pal Lockie about it, my analogy, you know I love a weird analogy, is that you coming back was kind of, it was a bit like a steampunk Terra Mystica. It was like this kind of, what would, like the old way, but you've obviously sort of developed from the old way and you're still strong, but you've, like, there are certain things that you did um, that were maybe a, a bit apart from the current sort of live BGA meta. Um, and and the other example is that Nomad's just playing with the big building pass tile, because I, I think maybe less so now that people are like, I know NerdCube is sort of, playing a lot of nomads and seeing how good they are but before then maybe the sort of consensus was nomads you need earth one and you need like all the scoring tiles in the game to like turn the economy into points yeah so, yeah i i think um i think temple nomads are the standard way of playing nomads uh, mm. because uh, you have much higher potential and kind of but uh, I, I really like uh, this big building tile nomads because they are kind of, you have maybe more control on the game. So you can like uh, control, if you need to block somebody, you can kind of choose what to block and these kind of things. So maybe, maybe that's why I like it. And I, for my, one of my favorite openings for nomads is actually like take the big building tile, then take the single spade first action, and then build the stronghold and then uh, sandstorm something. And that is, I like that opening because it usually gives you very early town. It usually gives you enough leads that you can get the coins action either first round or second round. And then uh, like it really makes opponents' life difficult because they have just the bonus spade and the double spade. They don't have like enough spades to expand, and you are threatening them constantly with your sandstorm. So mm. uh, that's why I really like that opening, and you you have just enough resources to do it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Give that one a go. I like it. Okay, so hopefully that wasn't too long. That's the first part of the conversation with Xavok. We'll be back with the second half, about another hour, which we'll talk about his more up-to-date play recently in live tournaments and live play, and also with some questions from some other really strong players in the community. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>